and welcome everybody to episode 70 of the progression to the mean podcast i am your host sean moran joining me today as always are my co-hosts keegan thompson and aiden holler gentlemen how are we doing today i i'm feeling good boys got in a nice round of golf today had a nice birdie so that was cool nice nice uh, morning out there on the links um oh, lots of training camp videos yeah i'm kind of a birdie guy so um <laughs> yeah it, it was pretty sweet just absolute throwing darts out there on the links so you're watching some harry potter were you watching some harry potter this this weekend i logged some harry potter okay, cool earlier in the week yeah that's great that was, that was pretty sweet no man life's good keegan sean how you guys doing doing pretty good I spent some time at the beach yesterday for our buddy park's birthday you know got some sun um, had some delicious pad thai and some Thai food in general last night. You know, it's a good weekend so far. Now I'm ready to talk some freaking training camp stuff today. Sean, I love that energy. Host. Love that energy. I, t- I went for a walk today. My back, fellas, is doing much much better. I took the gar, I took the car out of the garage and went for a like a half mile run, which I've been building up to in physical therapy. So it, it, the back responded well. I'm feeling better. We're like four or five weekends away from the NFL season starting. I am juiced. Today's episode, we are going through the training camp headlines that actually matter for fantasy football. We have been seeing nonstop chatter and buzz about this player and that player, nonstop highlights from training camp. And we are bringing back a fan favorite to go through the headlines that actually matter. We are going to play around a factor bullshit today, fellas, and I could not be more excited. Before diving in, today's episode of the Regression of the Mean podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best ball on Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Just draft your team and that's it. No waivers, trades, or weekly start-sit decisions. Underdog will automatically play your best players at each position every week. Sign up today with promo code RTM to receive a 100% deposit match. 100% deposit match on us up to $100. You can sign up for as little as $10 to start drafting today. Training camp buzz. There has been a lot of tweets and we have 12 headlines that actually matter for fantasy football. Let's start with headline number one. Lots of noise coming out of Colts camp this week. Star running back Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade from the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Irsay is talking about his existence and Jonathan Taylor's existence and really strange existential tweets. Anthony Richardson's getting first-team reps. Apparently, he can throw the ball 60 yards with the flick of his wrist. Josh Downs is Anthony Richardson's roommate. Something else, too, was super fascinating. When asked about facing Anthony Richardson... Quiddy Pay, defensive end for the Colts, said it was demoralizing. Lot to chew on there. So, fellas, fact or bullshit? None of the Anthony Richardson wow plays matter if Jonathan Taylor isn't a Colt next season. I almost want to say fact. Maybe not full-time fact, but I feel like to lose your star running back as a rookie quarterback is maybe one of the worst things that could happen to you, like to start off your NFL career. And this isn't just... You're not losing Samaje P. Ryan. No offense to Samaje. Or, you know, you're not losing Samaje like Alexander Stray. Madison. That was a crazy trade. I'm just, I'm just trying to put it in perspective. You know, this would be like a rookie Daniel Jones coming in and like Saquon was just like, I want out. You know, it's this is a top tier echelon of talent at the running back position 
who's going to help drive this offense, especially for a rookie, and add some more balance to it. So I think Anthony Richardson takes a huge hit to his season if Jonathan Taylor does not play. Yeah, I'm with Keegan. I'll also just like double down and say like they're not going to trade him. They won't. So I, I don't really know how this is going to shake out. Um, Jim Irsay is a fucking moron. Jonathan Taylor doesn't really have any leverage here, so like he'll likely end up being a Colt. I don't know if he's going to hold out or what, but this absolutely takes a blow. I think like you absolutely need that run game to help Anthony Richardson get settled in at the NFL level. I know I've kind of ripped on him multiple times for this. Like he's not a very polished passer, and I think you take away a top three, top five running back, and his job becomes a lot harder than it already is. So yeah, no, this is uh, this is definitely a red flag for uh, Anthony Richardson drafters. I would absolutely monitor this one over the next week or two to see how this one shakes out. The original question was factor bullshit. None of the wow plays matter if JT doesn't play this season. I think the wow plays matter. I think Jonathan Taylor is important to them winning games in 2023. But it's exciting to see Anthony Richardson out there putting his talents on display, getting first team reps. And I think Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson are going to build a competent run game with or without Jonathan Taylor. But with Jonathan Taylor, it's a superstar game-breaking run game that could rival what the Ravens had for a while, right? In terms of just six, seven-yard gashes all day, every day. So I think it's the difference between a good run game and an incredible run game. And I think Aiden nailed it. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to play for the Indianapolis Colts next season. He has no leverage. And yes, Jim Irsay is a moron. (laughs) Headline number two, Joe Burrow. Is out several. Oh, pause weeks. real quick. Yes. Pause real quick. I just saw an update, underdog NFL update. Jonathan Taylor suffered back injury, could be placed on NFI list by the Colts. Oh, this is a disaster. That's a bullshit. That's bullshit. He does not have a back injury. <laughs> he absolutely does not have a, a back uh, injury. So, factor bullshit. Does Jonathan Taylor have a back injury? No. Bullshit. 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 <laughs> Speaking of injuries that actually happened, coming out of Cincinnati Bengals camp, headline number two that matters for fantasy football, Joe Burrow strained his calf. We all saw the video on Twitter. People were ambulance chasing that clip for retweets and likes, what it felt like all day long of Joe Burrow coming up lame as he rolled out of the pocket. Not an Achilles tear, but a calf strain. We don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know what kind of grade calf strain it is. So factor bullshit, is Joe Burrow starting week one for the Cincinnati Bengals? I'd say fact. It's a bit early. Like, we don't really have a ton of information in terms of, like, what grade it is and whatnot. But I would guess that Joe Burrow will be fully healthy within a month. Was just looking at their schedule, too. And, like, it's a pretty tough schedule out of the gate, too. Especially when you look at divisional games. They've got – they're at Cleveland week one, and then they host the Ravens in week two. So, like, again – It's an early divisional game. You know, you've got 17 games, but, like, those are important games, especially when it's going to come down to it at the end of the year. So, like, it's definitely in their best interest to have Joe Burrow out there versus, what, Trevor Simeon or Jake Browning. Um, Yeah. So, I'm going to – Yeah, pretty big difference. (laughs) You know, if if it was, like, the Niners schedule, like, early on where it's like, hey, like, maybe let Purdy sit a couple weeks. Like, like you don't really need to force him back. It's a pretty easy schedule. I think it's a different scenario. But, like – these are huge games. They're going to end up having playoff implications. So my guess would be that Joe Burrow is ready to rock in the next five weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say he'll play and he'll be fine. But it is definitely scary. Like, <laughs> we don't really know what the full severity of it, but I think he'll be fine. 
What was that thread you sent us about like soft tissue injuries and what the NFL is trying to prevent, Keegan? Didn't you say like there's a lot of evidence that if you get one of these injuries in training camp, it can linger with you for the rest of the season? Yeah, so it's like lower extremity muscle strains, LEX is the abbreviation that they're kind of trying to cover here for the NFL. But players miss more time due to LEX strains, so this lower extremity muscles than any other injury that you can suffer. So if you don't really care too much about the calf, groin, hamstring stuff this time of year, it's really important that you do for these players because the NFL does. Like they are making an ongoing effort to prevent these injuries from happening by minimizing the amount of time they're on the field, how often they can practice. Um, And it's like a really good, almost like predicator of like future injuries um, and other potential strains. So, and these strains account for a lot of lost player time. Almost 30% of the lost time um, in an NFL season comes from injuries similar to this calf strain. So it is important and it is something worth monitoring. And it's definitely not something to just like turn your head away from. Like when a receiver gets like a, like a hammy injury early in camp, it's been a fade for me, but I faded Jalen Waddle cause he had that quad issue last season. That was, uh, not my best decision. Yeah. That was not my best decision. I didn't know Tua would be that good. And Mike McDaniel would be that good, but yes, Keep an eye on Joe Burrow all season. Not only does that have an impact for Burrow in his fifth-round ADP, sixth-round ADP, also we have a top-five selection in fantasy football in Jamar Chase that could be impacted by Joe Burrow. So somebody keep in mind, that Bengals offense is highly profitable for fantasy. We're going to hope Joe Burrow is ready week one and healthy throughout the season. Headline number three that matters. Coming out of New York Jets training camp, Brees Hall still out for a few more weeks. Dalvin Cook to take a physical, and he even watches the New York Jets practicing this weekend. Looks like Dalvin is headed to New York. So fact or bullshit, Brees Hall should still be the fantasy RB1 in this offense. Fact. Tell us why, Jets fan. I mean, first off, I don't even know if it's a guarantee that Dalvin is going to sign with the Jets. Yes, he did go to practice today, but from what I've seen online is he left without a contract today um so nothing got done he did come hang out at practice talk to a lot of players but nothing necessarily got done nothing progressed there's definitely still teams interested there is even potential that dalvin could be using jets as leverage as many players have done in the past like like his market is still i think it's still open like from other teams so there's no even guarantee that dalvin's gonna sign with the jets but on top of that Brees is just a better running back you know obviously he's coming off a like ACL injury, but when it, the time gets going, it's going to be Brees' backfield. You know, it's not like they're not signing Dalvin to take away from Brees. They would be doing it to maybe ease him back in. But I think they're not jumping out and signing Dalvin, you know, right away and just like trying to push this forward. I think there's a lot of confidence that Brees is going to be okay. At this rate of recovery, he's going to have about three and a half weeks of practice before the season to get ramped up as well, too. So, I think he's still the best fantasy running back on the team. Aiden? I'll go with bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe over the first couple of weeks as they ramp him up, uh, he might not be the RB1, but when it's all said and done, come January, he'll be the, he'll be the leading uh, running back in that room by far. Even if it is Dalvin. Brees has got younger legs. He's more explosive at this point in their careers, respectively. No, I'm I'm going Brees. It just might be a matter of time. Like, temper your expectations the first couple of weeks and just be patient with him. What's interesting is they're pretty comparable players where Brees is a younger version of Dalvin Cook, home run hitter, sure. good receiving talent. I think S- Dalvin is a yeah. 
is a good compliment to this offense. I think that would be a net positive for just the overall Jets offensive ecosystem. I think it makes it annoying for the first five, six, seven weeks of the season. But I think that both of you are onto something that when it actually matters for fantasy football in December, Brees Hall is going to be the alpha in that backfield. And he's going to be winning people fantasy championships if he's healthy. So I think that's where that lands. But I think it could be super annoying if you draft Brees Hall in the third round for that first month of the 100%. season. It's going to, I think it's going to be kind of, kind of ass. You got to be patient. It's going to be kind of ass. And Nathaniel Hackett likes to play with multiple running backs. He, he really likes to lean on two guys. So it makes sense why they'd bring in another guy. They have a sixth round rookie in Izzy Abinaconda. And it kind of looks like one of our favorites, Michael Carter, might be on his way out. So that, that would, would be, be a, a shame. Yeah, that would locker be a room favorite for sure as well for the that team. Would... But headline number four coming out of Jacksonville, Calvin Ridley has been the star of Jaguars training camp and has looked like a special talent, according to Jaguars beat reporters. From head coach Doug Peterson, just the way he practices, it is a different speed. It is a different level. He is one of the players that has stood out in training camp. So factor BS, Calvin Ridley will be a top 12 fantasy wide receiver in 2023. I'm actually going to go bullshit on this. Um, the clips of Calvin Ridley have been awesome. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty mean putting his route next to Zay Jones. That was that so clip. mean. And he just looks like... Like he got Zay Jones looking like a tight end coming out of that in route, and Calvin looked like he was shot out of a goddamn cannon. I was like, that was crisp as hell, my friend. Um, I'm gonna go bullshit just going off of like the thing we've talked about a lot with like how many mouths to feed and how many other talented players there are on that offense. Christian Kirk is awesome. I think both of them will probably finish around wide receiver 20 if I had to guess. Evan Ingram's only gonna get better this year, too. And then you've got some talented running backs in ETN and Tank Bigsby. Zay Jones, again, I know I just dragged him a second ago, but he's a pretty nice wide receiver <laughs> three as well. So, like, I just think there's so there's so many people that are going to be touching the football in that offense to think that, like, Calvin really isn't going to get, like, the overwhelming, like, majority over all those other guys. So, I see an awesome season in store for him. I think the easiest route into that offense, which we've already talked about, is Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be awesome owning him this year. But to think that he's going to like significantly outperform guys like Christian Kirk um, and finish top 12. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead with the bullshit on that. I think there's a case for him that he could be a wide receiver one type player. So yes, finish in the top 12. Absolutely. I think, cause I'm also very high on Christian Kirk and I think they have potential to be like Ridley wide receiver, 12, 11 and Kirk be like wide receiver 15. Like I have a, kind of like betting on this team to really have an uptick in their passing volume now that they have somebody like Calvin Ridley. There's definitely some targets available for everybody here, but they could see an uptick in overall passing volume just with another year of Trevor under the system and just adding such a good talent like Calvin Ridley. Like, Of course, it adds target competition for Kirk and other people, but it also just increases the amount of times you want to pass. And at one point, he was a very good receiver and a very good fantasy receiver at that. So I know he has talent to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and say fact. I'll, I'll go shoot for the moon. I'm, I'm real high on Trevor this year. He's a flag plant of mine. Kirk is a guy I really like this year. Like, I'm, I'm in. I think he can make it happen. So last, last year, on a points-per-game basis, the wide receiver 12 scored 15.5 fantasy points. 
The last time Calvin Ridley was fully healthy playing in 2020, he averaged 18.8 fantasy points per game for wide receiver five on the season. I think drafting him and expecting a top 12 season is a ceiling outcome, but I think he's the definition of a boom-bust player this season. Probably one of the sexiest names in all of fantasy. You're going to have to pay a premium. You're going to have to draft a guy who hasn't played in 18 months, probably in the third Probably the second round. It's it, his ADP is screaming right now. He's the definition of somebody that could be pretty easy to fade. But I'm all in on Calvin Ridley. I, I think top twelve is in the range of his outcomes. And I actually I'm going to go fact. I think he's going to be a top twelve wide receiver this season. I'm I'm yeah. In. I'm in for for ADP stuff. According to Fantasy Pros right now, his overall ADP is 49, which is not too terrible. Sleeper ADP 43, and his wide receiver 19 according he's to Sleeper, screaming. but. He's that will be go up. up the board. Yeah. But this is why you draft Christian Kirk instead, because you can get him as the 32nd wide receiver and the 72nd overall player. So give me both. Like seriously, I want give, both. Me, give me yep. give me both. Give me both. Both, both these them. players are great. Headline number five coming out of Buffalo. Bill's offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey has called James Cook a three down back. Bill's beat reporter Matt Perino said. Cook has been a mainstay on the Bills' first-team offense. He's flashed on a number of big plays, and he's added another one to the highlight reel on Sunday. Cook is virtually unguardable in one-on-ones against linebackers and safeties, fulfilling the role GM Brandon Bean foreshadowed when he spoke about selecting Cook in the draft. A lot of praise for James Cook, so fellas, fact or BS? Or fact or bullshit? We're going to say fact or bullshit. James Cook will be a weekly starter in fantasy lineups. In 2023, bullshit. He the the running back one is Josh Allen in that offense. You know that's like they can he can catch as many passes as maybe I think he will, and he can be a good driver of offense for the Bills. And he's also going to have to compete with Damian Harris, who is a very good red zone running back and who knows how to find his way into the end zone. He'll also be competing with Josh Allen for goal line touches. I think for him to be a weekly starter in fantasy. His rushing upside needs to be like a lot higher than I think it actually is based off what competition he's got. He's, you know, he's in a rare case where he's competing with not only another running back for goal line and red zone touches, but also his quarterback as well. I think James Cook, while I believe he is super talented, has a uniquely tough room to compete with, both as a, a pass catcher and a running option for the Bills. So I'm going to go bullshit. I don't think he can be a weekly starter. I will go fact, but with an asterisk. I think as your RB2, you're probably slotting in James Cook on a weekly basis, but you're going to need this with some passing upside. I think as a pure rusher, as Keegan noted already, um, the touch, like they're not really a run first offense to start with. And when you've got your quarterback accounting for more than 100 carries every year, you've got Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, who you also forgot about, Keegan. Oh, um, man. There's, there's a lot of guys that are more prototypical goal line back than James Cook. So, like, you're probably going to need, like, you know, four to five targets a game to probably keep him in your lineup on a weekly basis. But I'll be I'll be optimistic here, and I will say fact. You'll be slotted in as you're running back to this fantasy season. See, I think James Cook is really good. He was an efficient runner when he played last season. A lot of that did come in garbage time, so you have to give that a caveat. But I think he is a good receiver. I think the Bills have a high-powered offense. I think Josh Allen runs the ball less this season, and I think that he'll be a weekly top 24 play 
I'm going to call fact here. I'm going to call fact. Again, I don't think he's going to be a top 12 play, but a top 24 play. Devin Singletary was a weekly top 24 play, and James Cook's better than Devin Singletary. So I'm going to take James Cook as one of my favorite RB2s in all of fantasy right now. So we'll see. We'll see how it lands. Keegan, before you you had something to say there? Oh, I was just going to say top 24, I think maybe Sweden's the the load a little bit, but he's he's being drafted as uh, running back 31 right now. So you're kind of expecting him to perform quite a bit above ADP, almost eight full spots above ADP. So it's kind of one of those things like I've never seen it, you know, so I don't know how to believe it. And he has quite a bit of competition to get there. So we're talking weekly starter. Yeah, I do. I just think the run game, the run game is, is really effective because that run game faces the least amount of heavy boxes in the NFL. They're facing seven people in the box more than any offense in the league. And I think they're able to take advantage of that with James Cook. And I think he's a hyper-efficient player. And if he has that receiving role in that offense, I think top 24 weekly, lock it in. I'm there. Headline number six. And this has been one dominating Twitter, I feel like, all day. Darren Waller looking incredible at a Giants camp. Words that coaches and teammates have referred to him in the past week are freak, locomotive, rolling real fast, and unguardable. Factor BS, Darren Waller will return to the 2019-2020 form and finish as a top five tight end in fantasy. I'm going fact on this. Um, again, I'm going to go another asterisk on this one, barring a healthy season Boo. from Darren Waller. That's, the, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's baked in. you got to tell me if he's going to play. Meadowlands turf. Bait. Darren Waller playing bait. on Meadowlands turf seems like a nightmare. Um, I'm going to go fact, though. Um, I think his, you know, I think he stays healthy this year, and Daniel Jones is going to absolutely love him. He already loves him. Seeing highlights has been pretty electric. Um, you know, like, it feels like it was a long time ago that Darren Waller was, like, the, like, this top fantasy asset. Like, it's been two years removed now at this point, and I think he's going to absolutely light it up there. It's, like, him and a bunch of just, like, tiny slot receivers. It's, like, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of competition for him having monster games and the tight end position as we know it, like, you know, locking your top two guys in Kelsey and Andrews, but top five, he absolutely slots in there. Yeah, I think I'm going to go fact. Um, they have, like, the slot apocalypse of wide receivers. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. And, like, they just don't have a threat who is anything close to Darren Waller, uh, both from, like, an athletic profile standpoint and just pass catcher standpoint in general. So, he should be Daniel Jones' favorite target, and he's going to get a lot of targets in general and a lot of love. Like the Giants have not had a pass catcher like this in a long time. And I really think Darren Waller at the end of his little Raiders tenure was just sick of the organization. I don't think he and McDaniels were a fan of each other. It's pretty evident considering he didn't <laughs> invite him to the wedding. Uh, so <laughs> I, I just think he hated this situation there and he's got a fresh start and he's kind of looking to improve on that. Dable's got a good system in there and I think guys just want to play and want to play well for that team. So I'm kind of expecting big things from Darren Waller. I think he's easily a top five tight end this year. Easily. I think, I think top five is fair. Um, yeah, I think top five is fair. It gets interesting if you think he's going to jump into the top three, like, does he score more fantasy points than TJ Hawkinson this season? Probably could. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to answer this. Um, yes. 
Yes, wow. Take, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. He scores more than TJ. Yes. So you guys have him as like your your third tight end. Darren Waller's a much better athlete than TJ yes. Hawkinson. So um, the setup is yeah. he's the he's the top receiver in an offense. So how many yeah, tight ends can target. can say that? Kelsey, Andrews, Andrews, a, and Waller. That's it. Like, and yeah, Waller. and Waller. I think that's, that, are, are we missing? That's the list. Are we missing somebody that's, else? Who's he? The best no. pass catcher in the offense. Nope, that's those are the top three for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean that, and maybe it. no. I mean Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. We've seen the way Kyle Pitts is moving. Let's we're tabling Pitts talk until he can. Oh yeah, doesn't move, move like a corpse. Yeah, I think like he, but he's the he's the top target earner in that offense. So the question is, does he stay healthy? I think on a points per game basis, Darren Waller will be a top five tight end. Does he play enough games to be the top five tight end accumulatively? Fingers crossed. Seems pretty dubious. That seems uh, pretty dubious. Headline number seven <laughs> coming out of Baltimore. The Ravens offense has been accelerating the pace with Todd Monken, and Lamar Jackson's weapons look special. I feel like I'm reading uh, a a rookie watch tweet here with the way they're oh, yeah, reading dude. these headlines. No. Zay Flowers going to vomit. Zay, Zay Flowers and OBJ both wowing Ravens. Wowing, now. all caps. Wowing. And a deep... <laughs> And a deep sleeper tight end is emerging from beat reporter Jeff Zrebeek. Zrybeck? From Jeff uh, from The Athletic. Little has been said about second-year tight end Isaiah Likely, but he's probably copped the most footballs through the first week of training camp than anyone other than Mark Andrews. J.K. Dobbins watching practice from the sidelines. <clears throat> Fact or bullshit, the Ravens will be a pass-first offense in 2023. Fact. Fact. Give it to me. Give it to me, Todd Monken. We have a new fast-paced offense. We've got the best weapons of Lamar Jackson's career. We've got Mark Andrews healthy. We've got J.K. Dobbins, who really they're not giving like a massive workload to him, and he's never been like a 20-touch guy. I mean, he did a little bit towards the end of last year, but I just think now is the time for us to see like a completely different Baltimore offense, and like I'm for sure buying into this like, monken pill that they're selling on the market <laughs> the monken pill if that's what we want to call it i'm definitely red pilling myself into believing into the hype maybe because i want to i think i think i think i'm believing because i want to believe and i just want to see lamar like let it loose and i want to see a fast-paced offense so i'm buying it i'm going to sell i i i'm not sipping the kool-aid i um i will not do it. i think with this team like they're gonna operate far better with a run first approach i think it sets up everything else a lot better um i know they want to air it out more with lamar and i think they're going to this year but i think everything is going to work a lot better when you're consistently you know picking up big chunks on first and second down and giving him like i just don't see a world where like lamar is passing on first and second down um i think that offense works a lot better with quick hitters on second and four you know versus first and second and ten so um no, I'm calling bullshit on this. I think the pass offense is going to be greatly improved, but I still think this will be a, a run-first approach. I'm calling bullshit because I think J.K. Dobbins will be ready, and I do think Dobbins and Lamar Jackson will be the fulcrum of this offense, and Lamar, as a rusher, is probably the most unique challenge a defensive coordinator has to game plan against in the NFL. I think that they will remain a run-first offense, but I think they will be relatively neutral. Right where it's like sixteenth most rush heavy offense, right? <laughs> I I think it's fifteenth. I think they will skew more run, 
but I don't think they're going to be running at like the slowest pace in the NFL. So I think this will be a much faster paced offense that will throw the rock more. Our next headline, Justin Fields and DJ Moore have already formed a potent duo so far in camp with Bears beat reporter Adam Johns saying their connection is by far and away the best thing going on early in camp. Factor bullshit. DJ Moore will finally have his superstar moment in fantasy football. Fact. Yeah. Fact. Fact. Talk me through that, Aiden. Fact. Man, dude, the highlights being leaked on the bird this week have me on the X absolutely riled up on the X. Yeah, dude, (laughs) their connection is so special. It's like these tight window throws like Fields has been dying for someone like competent and that actually like possesses these type of skills that DJ does like it is so cool. I don't know if you guys saw the clip that came out like um, a day or two ago. When they're getting interviewed and they're just going rapid fire, giving each other like compliments against like their skill sets. It's just like these are two. No, like, sorry, just, I'm like, not on the beat. Buddy. I'm not on the Bears beat like you are, Aiden. I must have missed <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> dude. It's just like you're a leader. You're so elusive. You're goofy. It was like, dude, it's like these two just like best friends in high school just throwing darts and just making people look silly. Double coverage, doesn't matter. It's gonna be incredible this year. <laughs> I'm I, I cannot be more excited for DJ Moore. Um, I don't know. Superstar moment? Like, is DJ Moore a superstar? I think is a better question. Like, is he a very good offensive talent in the NFL? Um, I think so. Um, have we seen like kind of who he is and like is there room for growth with a better quarterback? Of course. Um, but like I wouldn't say this launches him into superstardom. Um I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird statement here, Sean, to roll into fact or BS. Like, I, no, is I'm not he going to have his superstar moment? Think about it, because this is okay. You're outing someone who has not drafted DJ Moore every single year of his career, like I have. I have been a truther for DJ Moore. I've stayed. I have true. drafted DJ Moore as the wide receiver twenty two, and he has been the wide receiver twenty, like three each season I've drafted him, right? He is highest ADP finish is wide receiver 16 in PPR. This guy has had multiple 1200 yard seasons in his career. He has not been able to get in the end zone scoring like f- seven touchdowns the most. And that was last season with 888 yards. What I'm saying is Keegan is this guy has long been billed as an ultra talented player who is finally going to break out, who, who could be a superstar and it hasn't happened, but it looks like he finally has a quarterback that might be able to get him the rock, get him the rock consistently, and he might finally be featured in a competent offense. So what I'm telling you guys is, is he going to be a pro bowler? Is this going to be someone who's vaulted into the top 12 yeah. conversations, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? Is he going to have his superstar moment, Key? I'll go this bullshit. Is, you say bullshit. Okay, he says bullshit. I don't think he's, he's a top 12 line. wide receiver. He might if be If he gets season. like 10 targets a game, I think there's a path. I think at his price, like there's not many like wide receivers going that late in fantasy that are going to see his volume. Um, I think he's one of the best upside plays in that like wide receiver, like 20 to 25 range. We understand the volume concerns. We understand the fact that Justin Fields hasn't been the most accurate passer. We understand that is a run first offense. However, I think DJ Moore is going to have a massive, massive season. I think it's it's finally going to happen for him. I think he puts it together. I am calling fact on that one. Buckle in, baby. Our next headline here out of Cleveland. <laughs> the Elijah Moore drumbeat continues. This time a quote from Kevin Stefanski 
Elijah Moore is a very, very locked-in player. Factor bullshit. This is the year that Elijah Moore finally breaks out. I'd like a clarifying question yes. before I answer this. What are you defining as breaks out? Like outperforming Amari, top 24 wide receiver? Like, Let's say top 24. Breaks Let's, well, what about he plays 16 games, goes over 1,000 yards, has a top 24 season? How about that? Oh, bullshit. No bullshit. No, that that seems really optimistic for him. Um, it just feels like he's like still just like a really like immature person to start with. So like, but he's locked like, in. This is from Hev- Kevin locked. Stefanski. He's a very very oh. locked in player, Aiden. Allegedly, um, no. I I think I'm I'm gonna temper my expectations on that too. Like one, like Amari Cooper is just like a stud. He's super underrated stud. Um, I don't know. And then we could even bring in DPJ. Like DPJ is a oh, no. good wide receiver. And yeah. <laughs> DPJ is legit. Keegan will back me up on that. But no, 16 games and 1,000 yards feels like like next year's ceiling for him. Like I don't even have that in like the realm of possibilities for Elijah Moore this year. But I am excited to see what he does. Um, he's for sure going to hurt me this year. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna hurt me bad and i i think he's probably gonna go off this year so so this is a fact then i think i think it's a like, fact I, I no no you need to pick a stance Keegan. it's a fact elijah moore is going to hurt me and he's gonna hurt jets fans and dude there's there is an absurd amount of evidence last year with playing like with zach wilson you know prior to him and lafleur having issues like elijah moore was getting open and he was winning his routes and you know, he's kind of like a, I wouldn't call him a reception perception darling, but he is like a player that is like highly touted by like some of his success, success metrics. Uh, he's just a really good player and he was getting open a lot last year before he was being a little bit of a diva. And like, I don't really blame him for acting the way he did. Like it was probably a miserable situation to be a wide receiver for the Jets last year. So I kind of get where he's coming from, but he's a good player. He's a really, really good player. And, you know, for, he doesn't need to be the wide receiver one there. He can be the second wide receiver option and still have top 24 potential if redacted plays much, much better this year. But Elijah Moore is, I think, a stud personally. I would love to say this is bullshit, but I think he's going to hurt my feelings and all Jets fans' feelings and, and low-key light it up, and it's going to suck to watch. You you called out reception perception. Last season, Elijah Moore finished in the 74th percentile against man coverage at 72% success rate. He finished in the 78th percentile against press man with a 76% success rate. Matt Harmon actually said he is the he's one of three players who have cleared 75% in these metrics throughout reception perception's history and failed to record a thousand yard season. Do you know who the other two wide receivers are that have not recorded a thousand yard season that have cleared those metrics in their first two years? Ayuk. No, Ayuk had a thousand last year. Oh, he it did is, have a thousand last year. It was Sterling Shepard and Curtis Samuel, two players that are really good but have been super injured or played weird roles. So, yeah. both good players. I I don't know. I I think Elijah Moore could have a good season. I haven't drafted a ton of them because he's really expensive and a lot of people are forecasting this breakout, right? Somebody who has like less than a thousand career yards <laughs> is going like he had one five week span. That's it. That's the other thing. It's <laughs> like he it. had one five week span when he was a rookie and we were all just like, wow, this guy is yeah. a dog. 
But that's it. I'm going to go fact. I'm going to go fact on Elijah Moore. Wow. I think he's. I think he is. I think he is going to go over a thousand yards on this season. Own. There it is. Headline number. Headline coming out of Kansas City. It has just been a nonstop positive drumbeat about this Chiefs wide receiver core. Sky Everybody's Moore, getting positive drumbeat. Rishi Rice, Justin Ross, oh, Richie great. James, all shining during training camp. But I found this one really interesting from fellow wide receiver Justin Watson. Sky has taken a huge step. He had an unbelievable spring. Factor bullshit. The Chiefs will have one wide receiver finish in the top 24 in fantasy this season. Bullshit. We're not I'm counting Kelsey, right? We're like this is strictly no. the wide receiver position. Okay. Yeah. No, it's bullshit. <laughs> they have too many mouths to feed. And no one's really like that good. <laughs> like the nicest way possible. Like I like. Scott I don't know. I, I just don't think like this offense is going to be like predicated around like getting anyone else like heavily involved aside from Kelsey. So, um, do I see anyone else getting enough volume to be a top twenty-four wide receiver? No, I'm. I'm going to go X doubt meme. That's that's bullshit. Yeah, this uh, this offense is giving me massive doubt vibes for the yeah. wide receivers. Yeah. Like they're going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Kelsey will be the top tight end in the NFL. The running backs, you'll never know who's going to go off. Mahomes will probably be a top three quarterback, and the wide receivers are all just going to be like best ball darlings, and you're never going to know who to start on a week-to-week basis in redraft. Yeah, it's it's just pop weeks left and right here. It goes Justin Ross and Sky Moore, then Tony Justin Watson's going to go off one week, and he's going to have two touchdowns and 56 yards. Like, how do you predict something like this in this offense? You know, fact. Sean, you're shaking your head. Fact. Yeah. Sky Moore's going top <laughs> yeah. 24. Fact. I just don't Sky think Moore's Sky Moore's going good. top 24. No, Sky Moore so, is good. I'm telling you guys, Sky Moore is wow. a good player. He went from playing in like what Division Two football to playing in Andy Reid's offense. Do you know how complicated it is to learn to be a wide receiver in Andy Reid's offense? Looking at his 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 stats on reception perception, he finished as the 50th percentile against man, 52% against zone, 70th against press coverage. I think he's really going to make a jump in year two. I believe in the year two leap. I think he's super talented. Wow. Second round draft grade. Patrick Mahomes, sign me up. He probably finishes his like wide receiver twenty eight, right? Probably doesn't get right in that top twenty. Let's try thirty eight. You're gonna be playing Sky Moore in your flex if you have him. I think he is going to be the wide receiver you want this season and, in and you're fantasy. Bummed about it every other week, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no way. I like how not only you're did, also gonna be avoiding fantasy punishment too shot. when you do that. So. <laughs> what? 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 Aiden? I was saying I like how not only did you call fact or bullshit on this, but you doubled down and like pinpointed who it was i like um, that that was i like the confidence just are the you, stones on this guy are we drafting justin ross ultra talented six four freak out of clemson that had foot injuries and that's why he's been an undrafted player in 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 the nfl are we believing the hype he looks pretty good in these training camp videos i didn't Dude, know he was me, six four i didn't know he was six four fellas that was crazy he might be one of the best sleepers right now in fantasy yeah he's interesting um I'll, I'll dabble. It's not it's not something I need a lot of, but uh, I'd like to have some ownership. I think one of these guys is going to be fantasy relevant, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Headline coming out of Philadelphia, Rashad Penny is getting first-team running back reps. He is down 10 pounds and quote-unquote quote, quote feeling great physically. D. 
DeAndre Swift has been lining up as a wide receiver all over the formation. Factor bullshit. Rashad Penny is the running back to target in this offense. I think I'm actually going to go bullshit, um, especially given we the three of us. Like we pretty much only play in like PPR leagues. I still think DeAndre Swift is the running back that I prefer to have personally. Um, given that like the versatility that we're hearing about, like he's going to be on the field a ton. He's going to be getting rushes. He's going to be catching the ball. So um, I'm going to go DeAndre Swift. That is uh, that is my take. Keegan. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to call bullshit as well too. I, I like Swift as a better ops, uh, option in fantasy as well, just because I think his profile is a little bit better for fantasy. Um, there's no like beat out of Eagles camp and things that like we're hearing similar to the Bills as well too, where it's like we don't want Josh to run. You know, we don't want Josh to like be handling the ball as much. Like, there's none of that for Hertz, right? So, no, the Hertz tush push is still one of the best fantasy plays and football plays in the NFL right now. Um, so give me the back who is not only, I think, a really fun and talented runner, but also is a good pass catcher and like a freak in the open field. And, and that's Swift. Like, give me that in this offense, um, especially because they're competing with Hertz. I'm going to call bullshit as well. I think DeAndre Swift's the guy you want in this yeah. offense. I, I think I think yeah. DeAndre Swift's the guy you want in this offense. I think Penny's going to be great, though. I love him in best ball, but good luck predicting when he's going to be on the field and crushing it in fantasy. Next headline here coming out of 49ers training camp. It has been the Brandon Ayuk show. On Sunday, he scored three touchdowns on seven red zone snaps from Coach Kyle Shanahan. Ayuk has become football-obsessed. Factor bullshit. Brandon Ayuk will be the wide receiver one in the 49ers offense this season. Fact. Fact. He's he's such a better, like, true wide receiver than Debo Samuel. Um, I think it would take, like, another pretty impressive, like, rushing season from Debo to, uh, to beat him as the wide receiver one in that offense. But I think, yeah, from, like, a wide receiver standpoint um, – I think he's going to smash this year. It's, Here's it's the issue, though. The issue is, obviously, I think back to, because I, I love Brandon Ayuk, and I love his profile as a wide receiver, but the issue is, who starts at quarterback? If it's Purdy, I think Debo has the biggest role here, because not that, I'm not trying to dog Purdy, Sean, I'm not trying to be mean about the 49ers, but I think we know no, what Purdy is, him. and we know he's a game manager, he's recovering from an injury, and like Debo profiles as a player who can help balance out the offense like that, but I don't know if Sam or Trey gets comfortable and they settle in as kind of the QB one who I think have more upside potential to run a little bit more of exciting offense and maybe don't rely on like gadgety plays as much, especially with Trey Lance's rushing upside, right? Like I think somebody like IU profiles to be their better wide receiver one option. It all depends to me who's the starting quarterback, but I think IU is just, I think he's going to go crazy this year. Again, referencing Matt Harmon, Debo Samuel had an 84% success rate against zone coverage, which is 90th percentile. He's basically the second-best zone beater in the NFL outside of Cooper Cup. When defenses play zone, Kyle is going to scheme up first-look touches for Debo Samuel. When they're playing man, it is going to be the Brandon Ayuk show. When Brock Purdy was playing last season in six games with all of the relevant receivers, Debo Samuel had a 25% target share. Brandon Ayuk had something around an 18% target share. I think Debo Samuel is not as talented as an X-ride receiver that does the receivery route runner hand stuff that Ayuk does, but Debo Samuel is a focal point of this offense. He is schemed up and manufactured touches. So I'm actually going to say bullshit. 
Debo Samuel is the wide receiver one in this offense for fantasy football. Wow. I think that's fair. I, saw, I think you I, go either way. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that I coming. Love I love Ayuk, though. The... I'm buying the Ayuk jersey. Don't trip. I love Ayuk. B.A. <laughs> is one of my favorite players in the NFL, but uh, Debo's the jersey I had first, so you can't forget that one. Oh, last headline that we have here. I can't believe Aiden snuck in a Carolina Panther one. Bryce Young's favorite I was target. Nice too. Bryce Young's favorite target this far has been DJ Chark, who has reportedly been impressing, impressing coaches. They've showed strong (laughs) chemistry early on, and Chark has made a handful of impressive catches thrown by Young. Fact or bullshit, DJ Chark is the wide receiver you want to target from this offense in redraft. Fact. I'm actually going to go with fact. Uh, It's definitely not Adam Thielen. We've gone over this time and time again. If Adam Thielen is your top Carolina Panthers wide receiver target, let me know if you have an opening in your league. Yeah, I'm 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 curious. I'd love to take your money. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go DJ Shark. I think uh, I think Mingo and Marshall are like they're more just like the fun picks. Like I I'd, I'd like it to happen, but I think like DJ Shark is a proven NFL wide receiver. He's you know he's performed at the NFL level already. Um, is already getting first team reps, better than Adam Thielen. So. Yeah, I'm going with DJ Shark. I think, um, in my opinion, it just makes the most sense in terms of like that veteran who's still at a good age, super talented. Um, yeah, give me DJ Shark. I, I just have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's really fair, really fair comment there. I do. Does that. it matter? Does it matter? Is the question. So that's the thing. It might not matter, but you do have to pick Keegan. I. I... Man, I, I think it's going to be Adam Thielen that's going to end up as the most targeted and like most re- most receptions on this team. Like, Does that equate to the highest fantasy output of the season? I'm not sure. I just feel like Thielen profiles as a guy that Bryce Young can lean on. Like, Same with Hayden Hurst. I think those two and their receiving profiles and like what they are as veterans will be the guys that Bryce will lean on and look to the most. Um, not to say that I don't think DJ Shark could have a good year or Mingo can pop, but or Terrace Marshall. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a Terrace Marshall Jr. truther. So we all are. I mean <laughs> so it's tough for me to say, but I, I bet we'll all be disappointed and it'll be Adam Thielen who end up with the most targets and receptions in this offense. I think it's fact, but it's not a fun fact. It's not like uh, something I'm <laughs> running up and, and slamming the draft button. If you look on underdog right now, promo code RTM, don't forget it, people. Jonathan Mingo, oh, yeah. ADP 143. Adam Thielen, ADP 143. DJ Chark, ADP 158. That needs to go up. He should not be substantially farther. I don't think he's a great player. When people, when they, when he was signed, DJ Chark in fantasy, People were I mean, people were really excited in free agency. I think he is an opportunity to be a, a better target than Adam Thielen, but um, uh, yeah, I think he'll be good the first four or five weeks of the year. I don't think he's going to end the year as the wide receiver one in that offense. If it's Mingo who emerges, Terrace Marshall emerges, um, it's a dark place. That is a dark place offense. Uh, that is that is tough. I, I'll go fact though. I guess to start the season, DJ Chark should be on fantasy rosters. He should be the first receiver taken off the board on that team. Um, to there end the season, go. I don't know though. I don't know. I think Mingo could emerge by the end of the year. That's that's my take. Terrence, dude, I just want to go back to a one of our factor BSs real quick before we get out of here today. But what if I told you in his freshman year? <laughs> no. Listen to this. What if I told you in his freshman year at Clemson? 
in a wide receiver room that contained uh, T. Higgins and Hunter Renfro and also had Travis Etienne on the roster that Justin Ross was the most explosive player on the team and led the team with a 1,000 yards and receiving yards in his freshman year. I watched it. I watched it. It was awesome. He's just like his back feels like it's being like held together with like duct tape. It's like, it just like keeps popping up. It's it's the injury concerns are like very real with him, but he, he looks really good. in camp. He sure does. That just sounds like Super the most fun explosive. upside, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that. Cause I like kind of got, got lost in that over the years with all his injuries. I'm like, wait a minute. He was really productive at Clemson against they, up against some really good players too, that were on that same team. They kept him for a full year for a reason. Like, they saw something that they were willing to, you know, just hold on to him for a full year. He was just, like, dead weight on the roster. So, um, it's going to be interesting. But that was fun. I love training camp. You love training camp? I love training camp. Is that what you love? Okay, he loves training camp. I love – oh, also, next week we get our first look at Zach Wilson. After uh, having a couple oh, weeks <laughs> under the guise of Aaron no, Rodgers, we don't need to. Yes, Hall of Fame game we next to, week. Amazing! Yeah, I get dude. to watch our third string quarterback Trey Lance play in a couple weeks too. It's going to be really exciting. Dude. This is good stuff for the second and third picks of the 2021 draft. <laughs> no, dude, our quarterbacks are in such shitty positions. The second quarterback drafted two, three years ago was playing in a Hall of Fame game. <laughs> so was Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I need I need to see when Mitch is playing his first game. I'll be tuning in to the game. <laughs> <laughs>